You're listening to CAC Radio, Eastern Kentucky's best internet radio station. Do you have a home church? Are you looking for a place that you can bring your family and receive love and encouragement? Then welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church, where you'll find a safe place for you and your family, a place where praise and worship is encouraged and the preaching and teaching of God's Word is anointed and fulfilling. No matter where you are on your journey in life or your journey with the Lord, you'll find what you're looking for at Cornerstone Apostolic Church. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services. Welcome to A Little Bit of Church Every Day, Home Bible Study 21st Century Style. CAC Daily iCast is aired Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I, our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic, and Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily iCast, the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to another Friday type of broadcast. It is Friday. Yes, it is. It's Friday, and it is the ninth day of February. Yeah, just about uh, 18 more days. I'm going to be a year older, so yeah, we'll take that. Uh, Another year older, as old Tennessee Ernie Ford said, and deeper in debt. Well, we're glad that you've joined us today because we got a great lineup today. Not only are we going to do our teaching at the bottom of the hour, uh, after uh, that, uh, uh, after we do our intros and all of the things we're doing, we got a special interview that we're going to do, and we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But uh, looking outside my window pane, it is going to be a rainy day here in East Kentucky. Of course, if you look outside your window pane, you might be seeing sunshine. Well, shame on you if you are and us having rain, but nah, you can have all the sunshine you want. It's going to be 61 today for the high and going to be rain. uh, It says a touch of rain. There you go. And then Saturday, it's going to be 64 with rain. And then on Sunday, It's going to drop back down to 55 for the high. So 
Yeah, that's what it looks like on our upcoming, and you can see on our current radar conditions right here in East Kentucky, we have nothing going on right now, but you can see all of that activity that is to our south that is headed up our way. It's right now in Tennessee, so if you're watching from Tennessee, you're getting that rain right now in the Knoxville area, Maryville area, and uh, headed towards Johnson City and Kingsport here in a little bit. And uh, so that'll be headed our way uh, off and on all day. So we'll just uh, stay inside and have a good broadcast today and go from there. Uh, also, uh, we do have some announcements that we need to make. And, of course, we'd like to let you know what's going on here at CAC uh, Daily ICAST and Cornerstone Apostolic Church and Pipeful Apostolic Church. This Sunday at CAC, it's going to be Red Sunday. Everyone who wears red gets their name in a drawing for a gift basket and enjoy refreshments with us after the service. That's this Sunday, Red Sunday. KYC's coming up next weekend. That'll be Friday through Saturday, February 16th and 17th. Northeast Christian Church in Lexington, Kentucky. Guest speaker, Brother Josh Carson. Section 3 conference is coming up. February the 22nd and 23rd, 6 to 8 p.m. Also, coming up Saturday, February the 24th at 2 p.m., you must RSVP for this by February the 10th, a heart-themed kids' gourmet dinner. Yeah. And then we have our men's meeting the first Monday of the month, but uh, due to uh, our uh, men's director, having uh, his wife having surgery, we'll have it on March 11th, which is the second uh, Monday because of uh, that particular surgery. So uh, instead of the first Monday this coming month in March, we will have it on the second Monday, March the 11th at 6 p.m. Section 3 rally is combining with a hyphen. March the 29th is the next time we will be meeting and Christian Faith Outreach, Brother Easterling's Church, is going to be the host in Ashland, Kentucky. 7.30 p.m., Brother Aaron Bounds. Brother Aaron Bounds, my voice just kind of left me. Brother Aaron Bounds <laughs> will be the speaker, so keep that in mind. And, uh, we, of course, we always want to remember all of our prayer requests and praise reports, and you can send those several different ways. You can uh, call in at 606-282-4108, or you can uh, email those to prayer at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence, and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here together in your precious name. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us today with the broadcast, that we would be able to bring honor unto you in everything we say and do. Guide our thoughts, guide our words, and help us, Lord, that we will always do something for your kingdom. And we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, we are excited today. Uh, we had this planned earlier in the week, and uh, I, I told you uh, I forgot to click on and actually, uh, you know, uh, connect to the internet. But I, I am connected this morning, so I'm doing a little bit better on this Friday. Sometimes it takes you to the end of the week before you get all your, uh, you know, uh, things, eggs in one basket, if you will, and then turn around, it's Monday again. So anyway, we had that set up and we did not get to do that, but we are so honored today. And I mean that with all sincerity, we are honored today to have with us a special guest and, uh, his, he is the, uh, pastor in, uh, North Carolina at Thomasville, uh, in Thomasville. And it is the, um, the, uh, Pentecostal, the, Harvest Pentecostal Church in Thomasville, uh, North Carolina, and uh, he is a great friend of mine. I met him back in the 80s, and uh, we just got to be good friends. It just seems like that we hit it off from day one. So today, we welcome Pastor Mike Stocks to the broadcast. Welcome to the broadcast, Brother Stocks. 
All right. We are so glad that you have taken time out of your busy schedule. I know uh, that, uh, you know, you, you've got a lot of stuff going on, and uh, we we just appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. Um, you know, um, talking about uh, all of the things that I know about you from the 80s up until now, uh, uh, you used to take uh, some young people uh, and bring them into this area and, and bless churches with singing and worship and praise and all of that. But just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, you live in High Point, which is just like a little uh, town next over from Thomasville, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, we started the church here. It's been 19 years now and um, doing good. And uh, I'm from Eastern North Carolina myself, but we, uh, my wife is from, from an area closer to here. And we uh, came to this area, like I say, back in 1989. And then uh, of course, later on, we uh, started the church in Thomasville. Thomasville didn't have a church. I felt like it needed one, and uh, God's God's blessed that effort. But we've always done an evangelistic work. As you were saying, we took the young people, traveled, ministered, and now we're taking those young people's kids traveling. We're still at it. <laughs> That's great. That's great. It's a generational thing. As long as you're getting generational apostolic and Pentecostal people, uh, you know, you're doing great to get those uh, second, third generations. Uh, we've got one family in the church. Uh, I think they're four generations, and uh, they were five generations of apostolics up until just a while back. Uh, the, um, the mother, great-grandmother, uh, grandmother and great-grandmother, she passed away. So, uh, but they had five generations. That's, that's almost unheard of. So I'm glad to hear that you're taking another generation around and, uh, teaching them how important it is. You know, I, I guess, um, a lot of people don't understand music is a tool that ushers people into the presence of the Lord and a praise team and a music department, their sole job is to usher people in so they will praise the Lord, worship the Lord. And um, do you agree with that? Do you agree that that's their job is to usher us in? Amen. 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 Praise worship. Very important. Amen. And uh, if you want to, you can scoot just a little bit closer to your microphone because uh, I had to turn you up pretty high and uh, or just speak a little louder, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. You're fine, though. I turned you up so... Uh, I may have to turn you down here in just a minute uh, to get uh, everything back the way it was. Yes. Sir. <laughs> All right. Uh, second question. Um, have you always lived in High Point, uh, North Carolina? Not always. Like I say, we just started this church here you know, about 19 years ago. But we, like, we did extensive travel. We did uh, four years full-time on the road evangelism work. Helped a lot of home mission churches along the way, and uh, it did some uh, foreign missionary work as well. Mm. Yeah, uh, you know, you you've been to the Philippines many times, and uh, yes, uh, tell us a little bit about your mission work in the Philippines. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't you all uh, like build a church in the Philippines? Yes, sir. Uh, Several years ago, a friend of mine, Adrian Watkins, who's now passed away, uh, he had been in the Philippines before, and he wanted to go back and asked me to go with him. That was my first trip, and on that trip, I met missionary Kibaloy, who uh, worked underneath Brother G.D. Peters for several years, and uh, we became very close friends, and I wound up going back 10 times, and we built two churches in the Philippines and uh, they're still going now, and God's blessing there. That is awesome. I'm, I know that, uh, you know, every time you went to the Philippines and stuff, you would uh, tell me you was going to be out of town for a while, and that's where you was going. And I always yeah. like to uh, hear, uh, you know, of, of mission work. I've never been on a mission trip, and everybody tells me you need to go. It'll change your life, and uh, right. I'm sure – I'm sure that's what happened with you because uh, once you get it, uh, taste of it, you just want to keep going back. 
Yes, for a few years I was involved in the missions department with the uh, Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was one of my goals was to visit the missionaries in person. And uh, we traveled to Ireland and uh, South America and do a mission work there. And then, of course, in, in Asia as well with, with Brother Keeper Lord. But, yeah, it'll change your life. That's for yes. sure. Yes. Amen. Who was the missionary to Ireland? I've, I've done lost Brother his Thomas name. Pa Brother Thomas yes. Potter. Yes, Brother Potter. Uh, yeah. I remember meeting him. He actually came and preached for us and uh, used the one that introduced us to him. Yes. And uh, yes. he was the missionary to Ireland at that time. Um, yes. Let's see what else we got here for you. Uh, you and Sister Stocks have been married for how many years? 50 years. 50 years. Wow, man. <laughs> That's a lifetime. She's put up with a lot, brother. <laughs> you ain't kidding. That's right. That's How did right. you we meet? Celebrated that this year. You, you celebrated that this year. Well, uh, happy this anniversary, uh, belated to you. And uh, <laughs> how did how did you meet uh, Sister Stocks? I was preaching. I started preaching at a young age, around fifteen years old, and uh, was traveling preaching as a single young man, and came to High Point to preach. And I met my wife there, and uh, we started dating. Dated for three years, and got married and kept right on traveling for Jesus together then. <laughs> hey man, that's what makes a marriage last. But you know something you said uh, just now, you dated her for three years. I think uh -huh. that is what our young people need to understand today. Not meeting someone yeah. and six months get married or even a year get married. There, there are people who say that uh, successful marriages are those that have at least dated for two and a half years before they get married. And I think that's true. I, th I think that's true. I dated my wife two and a half years before we got married. And, uh, yeah. I think, I think once you do that, you pretty well know the person and, um, work out all the bugs and <laughs> that way you can have a long successful marriage. Yes. How, how old, you said you was young uh, in the ministry, uh, probably a teenager when you was called into the ministry? Yes. Who yeah, was at the age of 15. Wow. Who was some of your influences uh, on your life back when you was 15 years old that once you got your call, you said, I hope I can preach as good as they can or do the things they've done? Brother Zelmer Warren was the evangelist to... Uh, won me to the Lord and he had a great influence upon me. Uh, and uh, my pastor, Pastor Homer McKeithen, and of course my dad, Vincent Stocks. And uh, those men, uh, I really looked up to them. They influenced me and inspired me and uh, made, a, made a lasting impression. Amen. Well, you know, uh, since you started at a young age, you know all the challenges, you know all of the uh, things that uh, you had to go through yourself. What would be some good advice you would give some young ministers today who says, I feel a call on my life. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if it's evangelism. I don't know if it's pastoral work, mission work. How would you encourage somebody uh, at a young age like you were? Spend some time in prayer. Listen to your pastor, of course, and uh, I think the Lord will uh, let a person know that there's specific calling. I think there are specific callings, and uh, the, you put the burden upon you. You know, uh, if you try to do it, you're really not called, or you don't have a burden. You're going to have some real problems. Yes. But if the call is there. If the call is there, there to make room for itself, and the burden be upon you, and uh, great rewards can come from fulfilling that. All right. I know that, uh, ever since my calling, um, I just knew after about a, a year into it, uh, that I was called to be a pastor that I, I did. Right. I, I love preaching out. I love alpha omega conference. I love to come preach for you and different folks, but I, that's not my heart. My heart is, uh, just to be a pastor and work with people one-on-one. Right. -on -one. So, uh, that that's kind of the way uh, my calling went, um, and of course, uh, young people today are challenged with more 
they have Facebook, they have all this uh, social media, internet capabilities. In fact, a lot of young couples today meet on the internet and that's how they get together and that's how they end up starting their life together. Um, what, what challenges uh, do you see, um, I guess I could word it this way, um, young people today, what do you see their strengths and also their weaknesses? What do you see in them uh, today? Young people today in general doesn't necessarily have to be uh, ministers that are uh, young, but just young people. What is the biggest challenge to keep them in church and to keep them serving the Lord? Well, the thing that uh, about technology and uh, advancement in that, those areas, you know, it can be a blessing and it can be a curse. You know, we need to use these tools that are available in our time period here, but we don't need to let them be distractions. We need to spend time in prayer and hear from the Lord and interact with people, not just... Uh, through internet and that type of thing, but personal interaction, it makes a huge difference and helps uh, develop a person's character and help them be stronger in the Lord. That's my feeling on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about how many, uh, if you go to a restaurant and you're watching a, a husband or wife or a family sitting okay. at the table, they're sitting there with their phone instead of interacting with each other. And yes. I think that's very harmful, uh, social uh, harmful. They call it social media, but it's really not social. It's anti-social uh, because people are actually, uh, you know, falling into the category of they'd rather text somebody than to talk to somebody. And, um, you know, uh, funny thing is I've had people leave our congregation and, and go to another area or move off. And the way I found out they're leaving is through a text. And uh, I thought, that's that's a terrible way to leave a church or somebody. Go talk to them in person. Just say, you know, I appreciate uh, being here, and I'm moving on. Amen. I agree 100%. Um, what year was it when you first took over as pastor of uh, the uh, Harvest Pentecostal Church? We started this church from... From nothing. Uh, this was around uh, 2004. Uh, like I say, Thomasville did not have a church, so we started in a storefront there on Main Street and uh, eventually built a building out on Highway 109 going toward Winston-Salem. And uh, God is blessed. And uh, we're right now in a project of building a new fellowship hall and looking forward to using that for God's glory too. Amen. You have a fine facility there in uh, Thomasville. It, it's located right beside of the, uh, you know, the, we call them, this is how you know when you're from a small town, we call them four lanes. It's right there beside the four yeah, lanes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're in a good location. People can see uh, the church. Uh, all you need is one of these big electronic signs that just flashes real big. That's pull, right. <laughs> pull in here. Pull in pull here. In. You, right. you also um, not only uh, started that church from scratch, but you have started other works from scratch. Uh, one of them is still going good in northern Kentucky that we uh, visit every year. Tell us a little bit about how that work got started. I met those folks uh, in the late 90s, and uh, there came a time they asked me to come and help them uh, start the work there. And uh, we did, of course. And uh, then uh, we uh, moved from there, came back to North Carolina ourselves. But God provided a great man there, Brother Pullins. And uh, he is the longest serving pastor of, of that area. It, it's uh, really, he really broke some barriers there. So we're, we're, we're very thankful for what God's done there in Northern Kentucky. Some great people there. Hey Amen. You know, I've never started the church other than the one I'm pastoring right now, but it must yes. be a good feeling to know that you started a work and you moved on to something else and it's still going strong today. That must be yes. a tremendous feeling. 
that is a great feeling. It's like evangelism work when you go back to places where you've uh, preached revivals and you see people that you help win and they're still living for God. That's great rewarding. And it's the same thing when you uh, start a work and see that church, that work uh, continue. And we've also helped a lot of other home mission works along the way and uh, still helping some churches today. Uh, but uh, you had to see them, them still going. That's the thing is to maintain it and keep it going. Just like the church in the Philippines, uh, the one church in Lingayne, Philippines, it's uh, doing real, real well. And uh, we did that church in honor of my dad who had passed away uh, not long before that. And uh, that's a very rewarding thing. You know, when I first went there with the missionary, all he had there was a lot. He had a little piece of property there. And uh, I said, well, we're going to build a church here. And we did, and uh, awesome. we're very thankful for that. Yeah. Yes, Amen. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand the sacrifice that ministers make. They they see the minister behind the pulpit on Sunday. They see him at the coffee shop on Monday, or they see him on vacation posting his pictures of how good a time they're having somewhere. But I know personally, and you know personally, what it takes to sacrifice. Uh, to make a church work and to get it uh, started and up and running. And uh, the reason I'm bringing all this up is because when you were pastoring in northern Kentucky before Brother Pullins uh, took over, uh, you were driving how many hours to go up there every week to pastor? We drove eight hours up there and eight hours back. Eight hours. Folks, yes. I know our viewers' mouths are dropping open right now. Why would somebody drive eight hours up there and eight hours back? And that was every week. It wasn't just once a month or once every now and then. That was every week you did that. And uh, with that, I think that's why God honored that. I really do. I think dedication, yes. God honors dedication. And if we're willing to sacrifice I believe he's willing to bless. Yes. And we were also helping a church in Lebanon, Virginia during that time. Brother Elder George Durham had founded that church and uh, he was getting older and uh, we helped him during, during that time too. He, he was a great man of God. Uh, he's not doing well health wise now, but he was, he, he established uh, five churches himself during his ministry and he was very instrumental in helping us here with the church in Thomasville. He, he helped us greatly here. And I, I'd like to just take a moment to honor him, Elder George Durham. Yes. Praise <laughs> the Lord for elder brothers like that, that uh, have done the work themselves, uh, want to continue working. Age doesn't deter them uh, from doing something great for the Lord. And, uh, you know, that's why I think that, uh, you know, we can still do things for the Lord no matter what age we are, young, old, uh, middle-aged, it doesn't matter. Uh, the Lord is looking for people, as as the Word says, He's looking for um, workers uh, in the field. He's looking for people to go into the harvest and try to do something to win people. And uh, if you was um, going to start a church today, I know this is not this is kind of off script a little bit, but you can uh, answer as much as little as you want. But if you was uh, wanting to start a church today, what challenge uh, would you tell someone? Because I know there's probably some young people, especially with uh, the organizations we're all tied to, uh, that want to go out and start a work in a certain city. Um, just give us your um, your uh, experience of when you go to an area that doesn't have a church, uh, what's the first thing you start? And then how does it go from that to actually start holding services? Well, the first thing of course is to be there and to meet people, you know, make yourself known and available to people, get acquainted with people, you know, uh, try to interact witness Bible studies, that kind of thing to, to, uh, and it's a process, you know, just one by one by one. And then of course, establishing a place of worship and, uh, 
as soon as possible establish uh, a permanent place of worship. Looking back, uh, I feel like I stayed too long in the storefront setting uh, because uh, I wanted to be careful with the church financially, uh, not put the people in a bind that way. But we really should have moved quicker because God has blessed so much after establishing a permanent place. Um, you want people to feel like that you're not there today and gone tomorrow. You want them to feel exactly. like and the, and the church becomes a pillar in the community that way. And uh, I think that's very important. I've always said that. We started out renting a building at Mouthcart, Kentucky. We rented for 14 months, but it wasn't 14 months that we waited to build. We actually was in the building process uh, about uh, four months prior to that. And of course, getting land and things like that was uh, prior to that. So we were probably eight to 10 months uh, in a rented facility. And I always told our congregation, even from day one, we need a permanent place. And I was like you. I was like, you know, we're a, we're a young church. We're very small in number. Uh, didn't have a lot of money coming in. I mean, how are you going to buy a piece of property? I remember the first time I went to borrow money, uh, the uh, banker turned me down. And uh, he knew me. He knew what I was going to do. And, and we're in the same community and all that. And he looked at me and said, these are the exact words, uh, that dog won't hunt. And uh, and I said, why? And he said, well, here's the reason. Um, uh, you know, you don't have a secure income. You just started the church. And you're a high risk to loan money to. But um, we kept praying and kept praying. And all of a sudden, another uh, bank in the area uh, who knew me and knew what we was doing, I went to them and they offered me more than what I asked. Uh, we was asking for like $175,000. And they said, well, why not you know, borrow 200 or 250 and go ahead and, uh, do what you need to do. Finished work. And I was frugal, you know, I was like, no, I can't do that to the people, but 175 will be great. And, um, so that's how we got started. I was like you, I, I think that, uh, people who are in storefront or rented buildings need to move as quickly as they can into a permanent structure permanent church that belongs to the people uh, so that there's not this um, here today, gone tomorrow mentality. And I think that's what renting tells people. You're here today, but you won't be here next year. That's right. I agree 100%. Amen. Um, there's, um, I know that uh, you, you have homeschooled your daughter uh, homeschooling, uh, uh, grandkids, uh, your wife has been involved in, uh, homeschooling as well as Christian schools. Uh, the day we're living in, I feel is crying out, uh, uh you know, it's, it's crying out for Christian education for especially Christian people's kids because of all of the, uh, transgenderism, all of the other uh, pronouns and all of these things that, that is just so crazy in my mind. We never dealt with that in school at all, uh, but our young people are dealing with it every day, and they're growing up, and it's going to be normal to them. Uh, you know, homosexuality and, and same-sex marriage, that's all going to be normal to them. Um, I kind of feel like we're in, in, the, uh, in the days of Job, uh, in, in the days of, uh, all sorts of, uh, sin that is just running rampant in the streets. Um, what do you think about Christian education and even homeschooling? I think Christian education is very vital. Uh, my wife, she's a true Christian educator. She's, uh, taught in Christian school. She's principal to school in Kentucky, as a matter of fact, Carrollton, Kentucky, and also in Augusta, Georgia. And uh, it's a proven fact, uh, the influence that the Christian school has. Uh, it's just tremendous, man. Public school systems, although there's some good people in those systems that really have the kids at heart, but the system itself is just decayed uh, and 
degenerated so bad. Christian school, but Christian school must be looked at as a ministry. If you look at it as a ministry, it you have a total different outlook about it, and it has much more success. Uh, it it is truly a ministry in my mind and in my heart, and we're we're, we're behind it 100. And homeschoolers in the last five to seven years, homeschoolers have blossomed even more and more and more people are doing that. And if you look back at history, the schools began at the church house, you know, That's right. it should, the church should have an influence and, uh, on, and everything that we do. So Christian schools, they're just going to, they're going to continue to grow and there's going to be more and more of them. I believe that. And you know, if you start talking to a lot of, uh, people that are, uh, not necessarily Pentecostal, not necessarily apostolic. You, you can talk to politicians, you can talk to congressmen and senators, and they homeschool their kids many times because they understand, you know, if they're going to go somewhere in life, they're going to have to have uh, some education, not just meet test, test scores or whatever it may be. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I think Christian education is of the utmost importance. And um, I don't know. I, they're trying to work around to get to where parents can take an allotted amount of money uh, and and put it in whatever private education, wherever they want their child to go. Uh, that's meeting a lot of resistance, of course, from the school system, public school systems. But um, I think if they ever release that, uh, that Christian schools will be able to start growing more and flourishing more. Because our biggest problem with Christian school in this area is because we're in kind of a, a poverty-stricken area, and it's hard for anyone to pay uh, the um, tuition. And and we put our tuition at the lowest of the low, but still you have to pay for supplies. You have to pay for uh, the curriculum. You have to pay for all of these things. And um, a church usually can't sustain, and, and you may correct me on this because you may know more about it than I do, but I feel a church can't really sustain a school on its own uh, unless it's a pretty good-sized church. Uh, you know, they would have to be some tuition costs or something like that. Do you agree with that? That's right. That's right. And you, And like I say, you have to look at it as a ministry. You have to treat it as a ministry. Uh, you can't treat it as like uh, an expense. It, it's a ministry. It's got to. We got to have it. Got to have it. Amen. I I agree. I I would love. You know, we we started. It's been probably five, six years ago, seven years ago now, uh, that we were talking about starting, and and we got everything ready, and then it didn't come to fruition. But we we uh, had everything set up. But it is, it's a, it's, if you don't look at it as a ministry and have volunteers that is not looking for a dollar, but looking to minister to kids and to help kids, right. uh, it becomes a dead expense and it'll bankrupt a church, uh, very quickly. If, if you have to pay everybody a big salary. Yes. Well, brother stocks, I've enjoyed talking to you and, uh, I wanted to ask you one more thing before we go. I know we've run over our time slot just a little bit, but that's okay. Um, this thing going on with Hamas and Israel and all these little proxies, uh, that are Iran backed and are trying to, uh, you know, uh, cause problems for our troops, trying to literally drag us in to some war and ground troops in the Middle East. Do you see uh, that escalating uh, the Hamas-Israel uh, situation to where us in the U.S., uh, military-wise, is going to have to get involved? I think so. Uh, this is something we need to very be very watchful of. Uh, it's just fulfillment of Bible prophecy. You know, these things are going to unfold. You know, we always pray for a, a little more time to be able to reach more souls and we pray for a little reprieve, but we know eventually, you know, everything's going to come to a head and everything always goes back and revolves around the nation of Israel. Uh, it's, it's just part of God's plan and, and biblical prophecy. And uh, these are some serious times right now. I, I feel like, and we, we need to pay, cl pay close attention to this. We need to make sure we're ready to meet the 
Amen. I agree. I was just studying. We're studying in our, in our Bible studies every day on here uh, on the Daily iCast in Revelation right now. And it was talking about armies from the north, Gog and Magog, and armies from the north. And, you know, that's where um, we read about, uh, you know, the Houthis and, and uh, Hamas and other proxies are right now, uh, you know, attacking from the north and uh, from different areas. And um, so Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. Of course, we're not to the uh, crescendo of the uh, Battle of Armageddon yet, but we are very swiftly headed that way, I feel. Well, Brother Stocks, it has been an honor, and I want to get back with you sometime in the near future and and do maybe just uh, let you sit in on a Bible study with us and uh, maybe even teach a Bible study for us here on the broadcast because um, I just uh, appreciate your friendship, number one. I appreciate your uh, love for the Lord, your dedication to the Lord, and uh, all that you do there in Thomasville, and I promise you, I'm going to set a date aside, and I'm going to try my best to come visit you very soon. I know we've been in a in a bind here, but uh, we're going to try our best to do that, brother. I love you. I appreciate you. Right. Uh, tell Sister Stocks we said hello, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you. All right. That was Brother Mike Stocks, and uh, he is the uh, pastor of the— uh, Harvest Pentecostal Church, and we certainly appreciate Brother Stocks being uh, part of the broadcast today. And of course, uh, we went over a little bit on our uh, schedule because we just had some uh, things that I just felt while I had him here that I was going to uh, interview him and talk to him and uh, get that done. But uh, we still got time for a little bit of... uh, of teaching today. And of course we are teaching in the book of revelation and we've got all of our graphics back up. So, uh, why you say, let's just let me take just a little bit of break here and, uh, I will try my best to come right back. So don't touch at any key. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. to a little bit of church every day. Home Bible study, 21st century style. CAC Daily iCast is aired Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net, whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I. Our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic. And Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily iCast. 
the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to another CAC Daily iCast. Just a little bit of church every day, home Bible study, 21st century style. We certainly appreciate you joining us today. Hope you enjoyed our earlier broadcast and earlier uh, session of our broadcast as we had an interview with Pastor Mike Stocks from Thomasville, North Carolina. And you can always go back and watch the archives again uh, for that interview. Also, uh, we are glad to be, uh, we're running over a little bit over on an interview. So we got about 15 minutes that we're going to use, uh, that is going to be in our study today. And of course we're studying in the book of revelation and, uh, we're starting a new chapter today. We're starting in chapter, uh, 21 and verse number one. So it begins to say, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And I like verse number four, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. Well, I want to uh, go to the Lord in prayers. We study these first few scriptures in chapter 21 and just see how uh, great heaven is going to be. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here today to study your word. I pray that you would help us to rightly divide the word of truth and that we would all leave here with more knowledge than we came. And Lord, we're going to give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, uh, when we start looking at uh, at this uh, particular uh, chapter, and I want to uh, update instead of verse number uh, or lesson number uh, 55, it is actually going to be lesson number 56. And so I'm going to change that right quick because uh, I just got that, uh, got busy getting everything up for the interview this morning and uh, had a little, had a little Difficulty getting everything ready, but there we go. But, uh, you know, in Revelation 21, we start reading about a new heaven and a new earth. Things have changed from the old heaven and the old earth. And, of course, it's not talking about uh, the heaven, uh, the place we refer to as heaven, uh, where, you know, uh, the throne is and angels are. But it's it's uh, the new uh, heaven, uh, as far as the atmosphere and the and the uh, surroundings of the earth, uh, and a new earth. And uh, the first heaven and new and the first earth are passed away. Now a lot of people try to uh, speculate, and of course, uh, when I read something like this, I just uh, read where the old earth. Uh, was literally destroyed. You had trees destroyed, waters destroyed. You had uh, people destroyed. Um, uh, nothing. I mean, the sun was darkened. There was all sorts of things. Uh, moon turned to blood. There's all sorts of things that happened in the heavenlies as well as on earth that destroyed uh, the old earth, if you will. And uh, the new heaven and a new earth. 
but it's going to be a little bit different because, you know, I think it's uh, three quarters of our earth. Uh, I think I, I may be wrong on this. Uh, I should have researched it before I mentioned this, but uh, we have a lot of oceans. We have a lot of uh, seas, what is considered seas. Uh, but look what it says. There was no more sea. Now, of course, this scene is showing us a scene of, of, uh, I guess, heaven, a scene of uh, like the Garden of Eden. It's a, it's a scene that the Lord has brought everything back to perfection. And, uh, you know, no more sea. Now, that's interesting to me, no more sea. And uh, you may take that literally, or you may say, well, that's some type of, uh, you know, uh, type or some, some type of symbolism or something like that. But um, I want to just read you just a, a little bit of something here, just kind of, um, you know, uh, looking at no more sea. Most people look at this as uh, the sea was always considered a danger. You know, that's why uh, there was all this uh, fear among the disciples when they was on the sea and it was storm-tossed because they was fear. Uh, they, were, they feared being sunk uh, and drowned in the sea in the dark of night. And uh, a lot of times when they saw Jesus uh, and recorded that they saw Jesus walking on the water, they thought he was a spirit and they cried out for fear. Uh, there were a lot of uh, just like there are today, uh, people who feared the sea. The sea meant the unknown. The sea meant a time of danger. Uh, the sea was a, a uh, unpredictable, uh, you know, uh, body of water. You could be calm one minute and a storm arise the next, and the next thing you know, uh, it is uh, ready to sink the boat. In fact, the Great Lakes in the U.S. are basically like that. Uh, you know, um, I remember a story very well. The deacon in our church and another uh, brother and, and a few more went out uh, fishing up in Toledo, and they went out on one of the Great Lakes there, and everything was fine, beautiful day, sun shining, and then all of a sudden, uh, they, uh, was a big storm arose and those storms up there are like the storms on the sea. Uh, they will sink ships. Many ships have been sunk, uh, on the great lakes due to storms. And, uh, so, uh, they become raging waves and tempest and just, just exactly what the Bible talks about when, uh, Peter decided he wanted to walk on the water and the storm was raging. The winds was boisterous and waves were everywhere. And they, they, uh, you know, uh, many times thought at different times, I should say, uh, that they would sink and they would perish. Uh, but we see, uh, and I want to just finish the story about, um, our deacon and they were out there, uh, fishing. And so then the storm started coming. And the waves were picking up, and they were in a very small boat. It wasn't a it wasn't a huge vessel. It was just a regular what most people would take fishing or skiing around here. That's the size of the boat they were on. And so then they started back, and they ran out of gas. And here the storm was approaching, and they had no gas. And the boat was just I mean it was just being tossed to and fro. And I remember there wasn't enough life jackets for everybody on the boat. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the brothers said, here, you, I've lived a long life. You, you take mine. Uh, you got them kids to raise. And so there was that time of uncertainty, that time when the sea was a danger. And I kind of feel this is kind of a, uh, maybe a symbolism uh, or maybe a, a type of trouble, all the troubles gone, no more trouble, no more trouble in heaven. There's not going to be any trouble, new heaven, new earth, no trouble, no trouble. Think about that. That's a great place to want to go, but, uh, no more sea, uh, means to a lot of people, 
no more danger, no more storms, um, no more um, things that try to pull you under, no more sea. That, that's a pretty good way to look at it, right? No more sea. And look what it says. John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Uh, New Jerusalem. Well, I'm going to a city 1,500 miles long. Well, I'm going to a city 1,500 miles long. Well, it's coming down from heaven. There's room for everyone. Well, the name of that city is New Jerusalem. That's right. It's going to come down from heaven, come down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, what's going to happen when we see all of this? What's going to happen when we finally uh, have a new heaven, a new earth, uh, uh, you know, uh, no more sea, no more troubles, no more uh, dangers, and then this voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. That has been always, always been what God wanted to do, dwell with his creation, mankind. From the garden, we see that the voice of the Lord uh, came, the voice of God uh, came in the cool of the evening and communed with Adam and Eve. We find that there was things that, uh, you know, more so with Adam because, uh, of course, uh, Adam being the head of the family, uh, God would talk to him, but they communed, they met, and that's always been what the Lord has wanted. Um, you know, uh, he wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with me. And have you ever been uh, desiring to have a relationship, a friendship, or, uh, you know, uh, some type of uh, pursuing of a relationship and get turned down? And you know how how terrible that feels and how, uh, you know, dejecting that is. Um, think about how the Lord feels when he just looks at you and looks at me and whosoever will and says, I'd just like to be your friend. And people say, no, no, I don't want your friendship. I just want to have a relationship with you. I want to be your God and you can be my people. And people simply say, no, not interested. Can you imagine how it makes God feel every time someone says, I don't want a relationship. I don't want to be a, a servant of the Lord. You see, he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with me. He wants to have a relationship with his creation. And so we see that now the voice says out of heaven, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell among them. And I'm going to bring this up on the split screen so you can kind of see what we're talking about. And he says, and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. That's what God wants. Well, in the end, that's what he will get because all of those that have served him through all of this chaos that we've been studying about, all of them that have served him today in the past and passed on, all of those that have kept the faith and finished the course, they're one day going to be with the Lord, and we are going to look at him and say, I'm his people, and he is my God. I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven to say that. I'm going to say it right now. He is my God. He is my God. You should shout that too. He is your God. Well, we go on to see what else is it going to be like. Well, God's going to wipe the tears from their eyes, which means, uh, you know, uh, there'll be no more sadness. Now, you know, I don't think heaven's going to be a time of crying because there'll be no more, uh, you know, uh, sorrow. Okay. So I think this is another uh, uh, type. This is another symbolism. 
because when he dries the tears away from eyes, that means that there'll be no more things. There'll be nothing to make you cry. So this place is going to be ridded of all crying. Think about that. Now, if you don't make it to heaven, the place you do go to, there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. But in heaven, no tears in heaven. No tears in heaven. Because he's going to wipe that away. That's going to be a thing of the past. The former things are passed away. And that's what we have to remember. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Oh, death brings tears. So when the tears are gone, there won't be no more death. No more death, no more sadness, no more departure, no more looking at a loved one and saying goodbye. No more hurt, grief. And it says there'll be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Everything that produced tears will be gone. That's heaven. Everything that produced sorrow, gone. That's heaven. Everything that produced crying is gone. That is heaven. There'll be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Oh, praise God, there'll be no more pain. No more pain of hurt, no more physical pain, no more mental pain and anguish, no more emotional pain. Oh, heaven's sounding sweeter every day, right? Heaven is sounding sweeter every day. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I want to stop right there today because when you look at this, uh, these first, uh, basically first four verses, you begin to see heaven is going to be a wonderful place. And somebody said, well, if, if I just get to see Jesus, that'll be heaven to me. And I'll amen that. But you know what? Heaven's not only going to be our relationship with the Lord that is solidified, but it's also going to be a place of no more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow, all the former things. Everything that bothers you right now won't be there. Think about it. And I know that sometimes we, we go through terrible things. Families go through things. They, uh, marriages go through divorce. Families go through splits. Um, uh, you know, uh, people get diseases and have pain and sickness and and all of these things. Then you have funerals, and then you have all this other stuff that goes on just on a daily basis that tries to, uh, you know, aggravate you. But there'll be no devil in heaven. That's right. There'll be no devil in heaven. There'll be no pain. There'll be no sorrow. There'll be no tears. There'll be no crying. The former things will be passed away. It's hard for us to even to imagine what heaven's going to be like. Because I'm sure today some of you all have come to the place where you actually understand that you are hurting. You've had a disappointment in life. You've got some things that's bothered you. Your family. Just other things. I mean, we, we can talk right on and right on. And we can... Say, you know what? We all deal with stuff. Every one of us, you, me, as long as we're in this life. But one day, one day, it's why we got to keep serving the Lord. I want to encourage you to keep serving the Lord. That's why one day we're not going to have these things bother us anymore. That's going to be heaven. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the glimpse you have given John and also given us to understand, to understand what heaven's going to be like. Former things passed away, a place where there'll be no dangers, no crying, no sorrow, no pain. It's going to be a glorious place. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to have an opportunity to be redeemed to you, by you, so that we can make heaven our home. Lord, forgive us of our sins and shortcomings and help us to have the proper relationship with you. 
For it's all in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen. certainly hope that you have enjoyed the broadcast today and the interview and all that has happened today because I have certainly enjoyed bringing it to you and I certainly hope that you will join us because we're going to continue to do some things like this. Uh, we got some other ministers that we're going to be interviewing uh, coming up uh, in the very near future. So tell your family, tell your friends that there's some new stuff happening right here on CAC Daily iCast. Of course, our trivia question is up and running. Who said I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. Everybody have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day because you know what? We are out of here. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the Congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the Spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services.